and welcome to Let's Dive In. It's our little podcast. Where we have a go at answering questions all about life, the universe and everything in it. I'm Phil. And I'm Julie. So let's dive in. So, Phil, what are we talking about on this episode? Oh, well, I mean, I thought I, we, I could give you some clues. Uh, dog, dog. No. Uh, oh, OK. Uh, it's linked to that. Uh, it's, oh, your hair uh, is, you might need dying. Um, your, what? Your, your roots are showing there. Phil, don't be rude. Oh, OK. I'll leave it out. Oh, uh, oh, wait. OK, OK. Ooh, bark. Ooh, so we got to go back to bark. The dog was barking. Barking, yes. Roots. Yes. Leafing it alone. Yes, it's all about... Trees. Trees. Congratulations. Nice. Three things to give you a clue to trees. Yes, we're talking about trees. Oh, fabulous. I love trees. But we had a load of questions sent into us, didn't we? We did. A bunch of kids sent us some questions just before Christmas, actually. Ah, uh, yes. And what was the very first one that we had? Who was it? A little special someone? Oh, yeah. She's pretty special. She's Nova and she's my five-year-old. And she asked me this question when we were on our way home from school. We, we are just standing next to a tree and it lost all its leaves before any of the others. And why does the leaves not fall down all at the same time? That is a really good question. I think I'm going to try and find out for you. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Bye. Why did you say bye? <laughs> no, but she's hilarious. <laughs> she is. She's so funny. But she actually had a really good point as well. I mean, it's a valid question. I was thinking that. And uh, were were you able to answer the question? Uh, no, no, not not this time. But she did have a really good go at answering the question herself. I think the leaves fall off the trees because. The leaves get power to not get off the trees when it's summer and spring. But when it's winter and autumn, then the leaves fall off the trees because the trees get all that power to, to stay healthy from all the coldness and windiness. OK, so, so you're saying that somehow the tree gets all of its power out of the leaf and somehow gets it into the tree for oh, the winter. By sucks. By sucking it up. You know what, Nova? That was a really, really good guess. And you're almost right. So I wanted to get her the full answer. So I thought I'd do the thing that we do in order to get the answer that we need to do when we don't know what the answer is. <laughs> the do, the do, the things that we don't know, but we do know, but then we don't do, we don't, we don't, and we don't know what to do, we know. Exactly. Okay, so we find an expert? Yes, yes, we do. And in this case, his name is Nick Rose. And we actually met him in our Christmas special episode last year in 2020. Ah, Nick. Yep. So he was the one who told us about the very special Norwegian spruce tree in Sweden. The Norwegian tree in Sweden. Yes, I remember that. It was the oldest co- co- colonial, colonial Christmas tree in the world. Now, it turns out trees are... This is going to sound really silly, but they're actually so much more than just trees. During the entire conversation that I had with Nick, it was so eye-opening. The trees, they, 
I don't know how to describe it, but all of a sudden the way he was explaining it made the trees so much more intelligent, aware and sophisticated. They they're just they're awesome. We, oh yeah, yeah. These are all these are words we use to describe people, animal like living things. But trees are alive. But yeah, okay, yeah, fair enough. Okay, listen, listen, here's Nick and he's going to start answering Nova's question about why deciduous trees drop their leaves in autumn. Delicious tree. Delicious. Do we eat them? Did I say that? I thought I said deciduous. No, you did. I'm just silly. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nick, over to Nick. Over to Nick. Basically, you have deciduous trees. So deciduous trees are trees that drop their leaves. And you have evergreen trees. And evergreen trees are trees that remain evergreen all around the year. All, it does you know. what it says on yeah, the tip. Exactly. They stay green. So deciduous trees drop their leaves in autumn. They do this because they are discarding the leaves that they don't need. One of the reasons why they do this is that trees know when it's winter, when they get the first frost, and they, they know that they need to start drawing all the energy that's stored in those leaves back down into the tree to be stored for winter so that the tree can then have enough resources and energy to then regenerate in the spring. So this is why leaves go brown. So when the tree is growing, it has green leaves, when we start to go into winter, obviously it starts getting colder. The tree knows that it needs to start preparing for winter. So what it does, it starts to draw all the, the nutrients that are stored in the leaves, which, are, which is what makes the leaves green. All that food and energy, it pulls it all down into the main stem of the tree and, and will distribute it throughout the tree where it can actually store the energy. And it will pull it down into the roots, so the roots have got food and you know there's areas where they can store the nutrients in the roots. And the tree will do this systematically, and it will do gradually. And this is why you get some trees with not all the leaves off, and some trees with all the leaves gone, because the tree has obviously finished doing what it needed to do with those leaves. And then you, you get trees that have still got some leaves on, that potentially you know, haven't had all the nutrients drawn out of them yet. It's almost as though the tree is is kind of hibernating over winter. That's exactly what I thought as well. And they can sense when the seasons are changing. And I think that's what helps them prepare for the changes that are coming. Trees have these amazing systems to transport all these liquids from the leaves to the roots and back again. It, It kind of, and I know we were talking about sophistication and being like alive, reminds me like of the vascular system like or that transports blood the circulatory system and oxygen all around our bodies it can be described exactly like that a tree has this amazing network of conduits of pipes um, that run through the entire tree the network is made up of two systems so one for the nutrients one for the food i guess and and one for water yeah, the nutrients f- flow through something that I always have difficulty pronouncing, which is the phlegm trees or phlegm trees, which sounds like I'm coughing up something, the phlegm trees. But the water, I do know, goes something who I can definitely pronounce, the xylem cells. Is that right? I am saying that right? Yes, xylem? yes, you are. And I have trouble with the flow. Flo- I always thought it was phloem cells. That's possibly right. Uh, probably more likely right than the way I'm saying it. Yeah. <laughs> But both of these types of cells, they exist in a, a living part of the tree called the cambium. And here's Nick to tell us a bit more about what it's like. If you look very carefully at the bark, you see these these deep fissures in the bark. Almost like sort of tiny cracks, I guess, we're yes, looking at, right? Yes, ex- exactly that. So basically the, the cracks in the bark will go all the way through to the cambium. 
What's the cambium? So the cambium, the cambium is the fluid transporting part of the tree. It's like it's like it's like our skin. So basically, we have a protective layer, which is the bark, and then we have the cambium underneath the bark, and that cambium is pink, like that. You see the oh yeah, there. so where the, the darker, darker sort of almost dark green outer layer has come off right yeah. underneath we've got this lovely very very pliable material that very is used soft. yeah and it's used for transporting all the fluid and it also helps you know keep everything in ah that was cool and actually there's a great little experiment we can do to show how the water and the nutrients move up and down the tree oh yes yes can we do an experiment please 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 right. yeah funnily enough yes not only because you're asking nicely now but also because i did actually prep you for this even though you didn't know i had asked you to get a glass of water didn't i yes here's my I, glass of water yeah i know you have no suspicion in your voice at all so i had said as just for suggestion for obviously you're talking for a long time but glass of water is what you'll need everybody to do this experiment and a paper straw and a scissors yeah, okay, you've got my straw, yeah, I've got my scissors. You're at your desk. I know you have a scissors at your desk. So what I would like you to do, Julie, is you are going to get a responsible adult, if that's not you, or mm-hmm. yeah, and you're going mm-hmm. to cut uh, a th- out of your paper straw a section that's three centimetres long and a section that's five centimetres long. How do you think you're going to measure out those those lengths? Well, I reckon my little finger probably measures about five centimetres. Right. My eyebrow probably measures no, about three. No, okay. Hold on. Stop, listeners, if you're doing... Uh, no. Scissors and eyebrows and eyes and... No, 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 no. Respons- this is why I said responsible adult, Julie. Um, do not use an eyebrow. Use a ruler. Yes, as you're... Like, you know, try to, you know, help, help the UK and Ireland get better at science. So we... Yeah. Get a measurement, uh, a ruler, measure out three cents and then get someone to cut those sections out. And okay. the next bit I you're going to have to do... Okay, do it safely, please, Julie. So, yeah, no eyebrows being chopped off here at all. Okay, okay so cut them. chopping. Perfect, right. So the next bit you're going to do is you're going to stick the two of these together at a right angle, which is kind of like the edge of a box. So the, the two edges of the straws are going to stick. So you're going to need a little bit of tape. Have you got, I forgot to tell you that. You I didn't did. tell me about the tape, Phil. I didn't. Have so you got some tape? Give me a second. Oh, oh she, okay. Julie's just, okay, she's just left. Oh, okay. Um, do, Let's okay. dive in. Oh, you're, okay. There we go. Thank you. Uh, got my tape. Good. So tape the two sections of straw and stick them together uh, at one pointing up, one pointing horizontal, one pointing vertical, and just at the edge of each of them, stick them together. So as okay. if they had been like snapped and, and, and in half, but they're just kind of stuck together with the tape. But make sure that the tape isn't covering the holes. Ooh, okay. So there's method to your madness, Phil. There's always method. There's not necessarily execution, but there is definitely method and intention where I try okay. to do things. But failure is part of learning, so that is fine. How are you getting right, on? Ready. Good. Right. Now, before you do this, people, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody in between, I, w- you're going to put the short, uh, the three centimetre uh, bit of the straw into the, the glass of water. And you're then okay. going to blow. No, don't do it yet. Blow into oh. the longer bit. Don't aim the straw where you're blowing at anything electronic uh, or something that can be damaged. You can aim it at someone else because it's only water. That's fine. But safety first. Thank you for the warning. I'm sitting here with a microphone and a laptop in my office. (laughs) This could have gone so wrong. Well, responsible adults. Yeah, okay, so cool. So we put it in and you're going to blow through the long straw and see what happens. Julie, are you ready? 
I am ready. Is, is the audience, I'm sure the excitement levels are palpable. I mean, are you ready? Three and a two and a half and a go. Okay, she's blowing through the straw. Oh it's raining. It's raining inside. That's a bit dramatic. Okay. Ah, this is so cool. So what's happening is, sorry, while Julie continues to play there, she is blowing through the straw and water is being sucked up through the other short straw and then being sprayed out on onto her wall, it looks like. You, you forgot to tell me to have a towel ready, Phil. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. But it's just a little experiment. Okay, what's happening here is exact. Why are we doing this? Because, okay, okay, while Julie continues it's to a good point, fun. Phil. Why are we doing this experiment? It's uh, fun, uh, but why? Well, okay, well, fun is a good enough reason. Uh, but what's actually happening is you're creating a pressure difference in this. So by you blowing across the top of the straw, you're actually doing nearly the same thing as when you suck up in a straw for to drink a drink. So you're creating a pressure difference. So the water that's in the glass actually gets sucked up the straw up to the top and then gets blown out by the straw that you're blowing out. So you're creating a pressure difference. So an area of low pressure and high pressure, the high pressure pushes the water up the straw. So it's the same way that kind of chimneys work, but it's also the same way that trees suck up water from their roots up into the top of the tree. So the leaves that are there, they have water in them. It evaporates. That creates a pressure difference. And it is one of the ways that water has been able to be sucked up from the roots back up to the top of the leaves where the water is needed. Snazzy trees. Snazzy trees. I like it. Isn't it good? I mean, like, and also you can, like, like you. Can, it's like a little water pistol, effectively, what you're creating here with yeah. pressure. But it's, it's a snazzy... If only you were actually in this room and not on the other side of the screen, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that is the one advantage, uh, one of the many advantages of being over here uh, that I can't get soaked. Uh, I'll try it myself now, actually. Hold on. <gasps> yeah, there we go. I also have soaked. Uh, wall. So now, in solidarity, we've shared soaking of wall using how chimneys work, how trees work, and how a straw works. I actually had a go at doing this experiment with Nova. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have a go? <laughs> Can I do it to you, please? Yes, let me move my microphone. My... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Can I do it again? Yeah. Big blow, big blow. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. That's why I can't get to to you. So Oh, yucky. Oh, yucky indeed. Definitely a super fun experiment for everybody to try. I really recommend it. Super fun. But definitely all electronics away and a towel at the ready. So now that we've discussed how the trees move their fluids up and down inside them, I think it's worth going back to the leaves and particularly how beautiful they are in the autumn. I mean, the colours, they're just fabulous. Actually, funnily enough, nice little segue, we did have a question about leaves and their colour changes from Hannah in Dublin. I want to know how leaves change colour. So did Nick answer Hannah's question? He did, he did. We, we heard from him earlier about why the leaves go brown. And it's because all the nutrients are sucked out of a leaf during autumn as it prepares for hibernating during the winter. Um, 
but there's so much more to it when it comes to all those other beautiful colours. Yeah, I mean, the autumn colours, trees, they really do look fabulous, don't they? They're absolutely fabulous. They look Absolutely amazing. fabulous, darling. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. fabulous. And you know what? They don't just look pretty. They're actually quite interesting things. They tell us a little bit about what's going on inside the tree and how the tree is reacting to its local environment, so to the weather and the temperatures around that tree. Wait, well, how do they do that? So... The different leaf colours come from three different pigments. There's chlorophyll, which makes them green. There's carotene, which makes the yellow colour. Oh, like carrots. I like that. Yep. Yes, yes. And the anthocyanins. Like gazontite. Uh, no, no. The anthocyanins. That is what they Sorry. are. The oh. anthocyanins make a sort of ready pink colour. And the actual colours of the leaves, they change depending on three other things. So they depend on the temperatures at night the rainfall, and how much sunshine there is during the day. That way, the, the temperature at night, how does that affect it? Well, so if you've got a really cold night, it actually destroys any of the chlorophyll that's in the leaf, which means that they will fade to a yellowy colour. But if temperatures stay above freezing, then the leaves go more red. Oh, so like if the re- weather is staying dry, then the leaves stores more of the, the sugars that are inside it which also means that the leaves should produce more of the oh they're going to anthocyanin is that it that's it yeah and so then the leaves should get more red because there's more of that exactly and then the same happens during those lovely autumn sunny days if there's more photosynthesis happening any chlorophyll that hasn't been destroyed by those cold nights it means that the leaves get more sugars and so more of this anthocyanin and so a bit more red. Uh, okay, and because these temperatures and sunshine revel, they change all the time. Because in Ireland, like and 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 the UK, temperature and sunshine up and down all the time. The leaves on the trees will change as well. The colours. It's so cool. I love it. I think it's a brilliant system. So they're like mood trees. Like if like it's like you know like you have the mood rings or like if, like that that fish that curls up on your hand. Like or like sorry, that's obviously movement. But like the mood rings, they change colour. So trees are like mood trees. Oh. That's such a nice way to think about it. I really like that. Oh, all these color changes happen in the leaves before they fall off. Well, yeah, but this is what Nick told us. He said the trees don't need their leaves in winter, so eventually they just drop, and then we clean them up like nice and tidy. Like I'm gonna have to. Well, I don't know about nice and tidy. We clean them up and then. Put them in a giant pile and jump on them and then clean them up again and 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 jump some more. I mean that. That goes without saying. Like, what I mean by that is, like, I didn't obviously, uh, you know, uh, elaborate on the whole process. Like, the piles and jumping and yeah, that's that's just goes without saying. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. But the thing is, this nice and tidying the leaves away from the trees, it's actually not very good. Because even though Nick said that the tree doesn't need its leaves up in the canopy, it does actually need them. It just, not on the branches. It needs them... On the floor, they're they're actually they're like a blanket for the roots in the winter. That's adorable that trees would have a blanket, but I don't, I don't. What do you mean? Like they? How do they need to stay warm? It's also a very clever way that the tree, what we call nutrient grabs. So basically, it suppresses any other type of plant or any other types of tree from grabbing the nutrients that that tree can have. It's also important that it does this for uh, insulating the tree roots during winter to keep, keep, them nice keep and warm. yeah. So that if we get any severe frost, it doesn't damage the fibrous roots. Because 
within the first 15 centimeters of the soil around the base of the the tree going out you know a good couple of meters if not 10 to 15 meters on a very mature tree all these fibrous roots need to be protected and of course if the frost gets to them it will damage them but it's also very important for the the actual soil topography so basically the soil is made up of loads and loads of components and you know earthworms are absolutely critical for keeping the soil oxygenated so basically earthworms will actually grab the leaves and pull them down into the into the soil digest them defecate them and whilst they're doing all of this they're also aerating the ground so that then allows the fibrous roots to also be able to generate and grow and you know you then end up having a really good healthy tree because all all the all the functions that trees need to grow are being supplied to by all these earthworms good old wiggly worms absolutely Uh, so when i see people clearing up leaves i get very angry yeah, well, so that's yes. happening a lot at the moment, oh, right? Yeah, so you see a lot of street cleaners and yes. people in their gardens clearing Absolutely. up the leaves. It's the worst thing we could do. I know. Clear up the leaves. trees are losing their blankets. Exactly. Wow. So clearing the leaves is, is, is possibly one of the worst things we could do to a tree in winter. Yeah, but everyone does it. Oh, it's mad. Like, I mean, so the lesson that we've learned here is that everywhere that we can, we should just leaf, leave the leaves alone. Leaf the leaf, leaf the leaf, leaf the leaves. Leaf the leaves. There's a t-shirt. I'm getting that on a t-shirt. Yes, that is exactly what we should do. It's such a great fact, along with some of the other facts that we've learned today, which was that the leaves fall off the trees because the tree doesn't need them up in the canopy anymore. Yes, and the leaves that have all that fabulous colour because the chemicals inside them have changed depending on the weather. Fabulous. But I think that's that's awesome. And we've learned three fantastic things about trees. And I probably think, you know, that's that's where we should leave it. Maybe in the immortal words of uh, Burle- Bill O'Hurley, where we'll say we're, we'll leave it there, so. Who? Uh, Bill o- he's a, a, a legend of sports commentator in, in Ireland. Oh, you might not have made him over there. Okie doke. No, yeah, you do. You know him. That's him. No. Oh, okay, maybe. Okay, well, listen, I'll send you stuff from Euro 88. You'll love it. It'll be great, surely. Ireland versus England, 1-0. We won. Okay, well, before we leave you all alone, massive, massive thanks to Nick Rose for chatting to us today. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Now, apart from Julie and me, Let's Dive In is only made possible thanks to the support of Science Foundation Ireland and RTE. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So a giant thanks to them for supporting us and helping us put it all together. But what I think is even more important, no offence, Science Foundation Ireland and RTE, is the people who send the questions and our mini testers, because really they are the stars of our little international science showcase of science. Science showcase of science? Showcase of science. And because, I mean, like we are showcasing the future and they are the future. We'd also like to thank our delightful producer, Nikki Coughlin. Whoop, whoop. Our coordinators, Lorna Byrne, Sharon Shannon and Avian Bird. And of course, the head honcho, the lovely and very important Suzanne Kelly. I feel like I should have a drum roll. We should have a drum roll. I don't know. Please keep us, don't fire us. And finally, thank you goes to you. Yes, you for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And even your cat about the show and make sure that you like and subscribe. 
So until next time, enjoy your life. And other things. See you soon. Bye.